This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby is on vacation this week, and so are a couple of our Zoomer Squad members. David Kravitz and Peter Mugridge are enjoying some time off as well. Our new friend, Bill Van Gorder, is with me to talk about this week's important Zoomer issues. And then later this half hour, the editor-in-chief and publisher of Zoomer magazine, Suzanne Boyd, joins me to talk about what's between the covers of the September issue. Bill Van Gorder is the Acting Chief Policy Officer of CARP, A New Vision of Aging. Bill, good afternoon. You're staying safe. You're well. Good afternoon. And uh, Jane, I am uh, staying safe. I'm well and enjoying an opportunity to talk with you. Well, that's great. And there's lots to talk about today, Bill. Uh, We'll start with the Angus Reid survey that came out this morning. And by the way, if you would like to get involved in our conversation, you can call anytime 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Bill, the Angus Reid survey suggested that one in five Canadians is a so-called cynical spread. So 18% of Canadians are, in fact, doing the opposite of what we've all been instructed to do to make sure that COVID doesn't spread. Are you surprised by that? Uh, I I am surprised. Uh, Surprised not only because uh, uh, I thought we had seen an uptick uh, recently in, in acceptance of the need to be careful during these times. And also, I'm surprised to see that in some of the categories, actually, uh, older adults are uh, those who are uh, seem to be ignoring some of the guidelines that we're getting from health authorities. But overall, though, they did point out the researchers that age is among the significant factors that older Canadians in general are complying much more than younger Canadians. So those between 20 and 39. They, they, they are. And of course, uh, we would hope that the younger Canadians would uh, uh, take some regard for the health of the older adults who are more, uh, more inclined to have, uh, have, have overreactions to the uh, COVID virus. And therefore, they would be as careful as the older adults are. Right. We have the infection fighters. Uh, that would be you and me and all, yeah. and my colleagues here at uh, the Zoomerplex. And some of them are younger and some of them are older. Uh, friends and family, the infection fighters, that represents 47% of Canadians, uh, that category. And then there are those who are being referred to as the inconsistents. And they are, they make up 36% of the population. So I, I would imagine those who are inconsistent in their behavior. So sometimes they're masking, uh, or and physically distancing and washing their hands, but other times maybe they're feeling a bit of COVID fatigue. Is that your impression as well? It is my impression. Although in addition to that, my observations have been, for instance, in restaurants, 
often younger people seem to come in wearing masks, but they forget uh, when they're leaving their tables, perhaps to uh, go to the washroom or when they're leaving uh, in- entirely. And maybe we just have to get in the habit of more when we, you know, when we leave the house, we have to check we've got our wallet, our driver's license, and we've got our mask. And we have to do that uh, every time we can come in or out of an enclosed space. What would you say, Bill, to the cynical spreaders uh, out there uh, about the danger that they are creating? And you know, coming from a CARP member's point of view, a uh, new vision of aging, uh, there are a lot of people out there who are older, whose whose immune systems are compromised. And these are the people we need to be thinking of rather than ourselves. It's really these cynical spreaders are really very selfish. Yeah, they they are. And, and I think one of the things that we all have to do and we have to ask the medical authorities to do is to be more specific around the, the use and the need for uh, masks. There's still too much uh, misinformation out there about uh, whether or not uh, masks are effective. And, and yes, uh, they're more to uh, protect other people, to protect ourselves. But remember that uh, if we're all wearing them, then we are among those other people who are uh, protected. And I don't think that's understood uh, yet that uh, it's the uh, what, you know, when you talk about herd immunity, uh, people don't really understand that this protects you as well as the rest of the herd. Yes. You know, I'd like to put the question out there to our Zoomer radio listeners to join us, Bill. Uh, and I don't know, you know, there is the anonymous nature of radio. Are you a cynical spreader? Are you one of these people that just doesn't believe in wearing a face mask, that it's uh, an infringement on your civic rights? Um, you don't want the government to tell you what's what to do and how to act. Are you one of these people? We'd really like to understand your thinking, because for those of us who are out and about and actually physically coming to work and going to the grocery store, it would appear like there is 100% compliance, mostly because you do have to comply when you go inside buildings, you have to wear a mask. But do you have that mentality that you're not going to have anybody tell you how to act or what to do? We'd like to hear from you. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. On the other hand, if you are among the infection fighters, We'd like to hear from you as well, because your message perhaps might resonate with those who are not adhering to the guidelines. Uh, Another survey to talk about here, Bill, um, also Angus Reid, finds three in 10 Canadians feel the restrictions in their own provinces don't go far enough. So this is uh, perhaps juxtaposition to, to the first survey we were talking about. Yes, it's, it's all, it's in many ways, in many provinces, it's the same, uh, it's the same percentages only reversed. And this is because I think those who are extremely concerned about uh, us working together to, to, uh, to send this virus, uh, off and make sure that, uh, it doesn't get any worse in our, uh, provinces are very anxious that everybody should, should do, should do the same thing. And, uh, to, and we want our, all our officials to do it too. So if we live in a community or a province where we think we're doing quite well, 
we want to make sure that other parts of the world that aren't doing as well uh, are not uh, allowed to come in and and uh, give us a problem where where we live. It, it's uh, it's it's a difficult uh, balance because we also uh, find ourselves wanting to travel, wanting to visit. Uh, uh, family. So not surprising that, uh, uh, that it's as low as 30%. I think we would hope it would be, it would be higher, uh, unless you really think that our governments are doing the best job they can. Let's go to the phones. We've got some people who want to get on the air, get in on our conversation. And again, the numbers are 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. It's Jane with our Zoomer squad. We're starting out with Bill Van Gorder of CARP, the acting chief policy officer for CARP. And in a few minutes, we'll also speak with Zoomer magazine's Suzanne Boyd, editor-in-chief and publisher. Let's go to John in Guelph. Hi, John. What would you like to add? Uh, yes, hi. Um, I'm almost 70. I ride the buses every day because I still work. To it. And the uh, we have a mandatory policy for masks on the bus, but it's never enforced. I think if they're not wearing a mask, they should not be allowed to get on the bus. And I know it's racist to say something, but it's one particular group of people most of the time not wearing masks. Well, I think you'll find it's a, you know, it's a cross section of cultures and races. I, I don't know if you can, if you can label one particular race as adhering or not adhering. I would very much doubt that that's the case, but I appreciate your call. Masking on the buses. It's mandatory, but not enforced. That is a good point. Let's go to Paul in Mississauga. Hi, Paul. Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, I'm a frontline worker who's out there battling the pandemic, and I went to Fort Credit for dinner with my wife on the weekend. Uh, like most patios and restaurants, there is a lineup, um, but I was very disappointed to find so many people uh, in the lineup, as well as walking by on the sidewalk with no mask, no physical distancing, and just like it's any other day, and we're never going to win this war with people like that. Yeah, that is a that's an excellent point. And I think I think what's happening, Paul, is people are feeling like because the number of daily cases is going down, or at least consistently below a hundred, people feel like they can relax. But this is exactly the time to be more vigilant. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. This is where you know we're at the edge of like maybe beating this thing, and. Uh, I find that the majority of the people were younger people between, you know, I'm going to say 18 and 35, not wearing a mask. Well, and that's exactly what the survey is showing as well. Thanks for calling in and and thanks for thanks for keeping us all safe. You're welcome. Let's go to Mark and Leslieville. Hi, Mark. What would you like to add to the conversation? Hi, I just couldn't help but notice the number of people not wearing masks, not distancing, and and my particular focus, it's joggers and cyclists who are on the sidewalk. Now, cyclists are supposed to be in bike lanes, but they're often not. Uh, they're making lefts and rights and sneaky turns through the crosswalks where people are walking, and they're breathing heavy, but they're not wearing masks, and same with the joggers. And you'd like to see people, even when they're outside in public, wearing a mask? 
Well, not necessarily if they're out walking on their own, but you know if you're within two meters of someone else and you you can see them oncoming. If you have not prepared by equipping yourself with a mask, I think you're in violation, especially when you've got elderly people and uh, mothers with carriages coming down the sidewalk and you're riding your bike or jogging. Like, who who makes these decisions that I, I have to jog on the Danforth or on Queen Street? Like, there are so many beautiful places to jog. Well, that, that's a great point. Uh, so I guess you would classify yourself as being among the infection fighters. Oh, indeed. Indeed. If I go into a grocery store, I wear a mask to protect, to protect others. Yeah. And I wear a visor to protect myself. Yeah. Well, I thank you. And that's, that's how I feel as well. I, that's how the majority of Canadians feel. Unfortunately, uh, according to this latest Angus Reid survey, 20% of people are spreading and they know that they're spreading and they don't care. 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. Bill Van Gorder is with me as well. He's the acting chief policy officer at CARP, a new vision of aging. This is our Zoomer Squad segment every Monday between 12 and 1230. Uh, before we get back to the phones here, Bill, you sent me an article about the heartbreaking effects of COVID-19 related isolation on seniors. What struck you the most about these stories? I think the, the stories, uh, what, what struck me most is that uh, uh, for many, uh, w- one of the things that uh, seniors uh, we know must do, especially uh, those with uh, dementia, uh, Alzheimer's, other forms of dementia, is that they need the socialization, they need the constant stimulation, they need the contact with the family. And so not only uh, are they uh, physically uh, impacted by the, the virus, but they're also uh, uh, emotionally and, uh, and, uh, and, and, me- and not just medically, but uh, emotionally and mentally uh, con- uh, contacted by it. And it's a, a huge problem for their, for their families. And one of the things that we're beginning to see is that uh, in some cases, uh, uh, long-term care facilities are using the general rules set out by uh, government to still p- keep a very tight control on how, how much visiting is allowed. Mm-hmm. And at some point, we need to, to lighten up on that for, for the health, for the social and uh, mental health of these, of these patients. It's a fine balance, but we have to make sure that, that uh, because we still have uh, not enough staff in these places to fully look after the people who live there, uh, one of the ways they're cutting down on staff use is by limiting uh, visitations. And uh, the, the jury is still out on this. The medical people uh, are still not all in agreement, but it's becoming more and more of an issue as we move past our sixth month of having these shutdowns. That's right. And Bill, you bring up an excellent point there about balance, and we've spoken about it so many times on Fight Back since the pandemic began, the balance between keeping an older, frail person safe and uh, and yet maybe causing them uh, a, a death of loneliness if, if, if they don't have loved ones around them. It really, it, what you said about a fine balance, that's exactly right. It is, and there's there's uh, good medical research to uh, 
to show the validity of the need for uh, these people to have that socialization and that interaction with uh, uh, with family. So so it's it's a balance that needs to be looked at, and it probably means in many of these cases uh, not more staff later. Uh, but more hours spent now so that uh, we can give these uh, uh, these seniors the freedom they need to interact with family and loved ones. Let's take one more call before I say so long to you, Bill, for another week. Let's go to Bruce in Etobicoke. Bruce, go ahead. All right, good afternoon. Yeah, just a couple comments. Uh, just uh, to uh, build upon what Paul said, I go down to Port Credit three or four times a week on my bike. I don't wear a mask when I ride a bike. I don't think I could, but it is pretty crowded down there. There's a lot of people that are not, uh, you know, that are not social distancing, especially uh, some of the popular restaurants. But what I wanted to say was, I, one thing I noticed that when people that are wearing masks, they seem to break that six foot, that two meter barrier. They come right up to me, and I, I think they think that because they're wearing a mask that they can do so. So is that medically or socially acceptable? To me, I don't want them to be that close to me, but they seem to do it because they're wearing that mask. Bruce, I'm going to, I'll leave that part of the conversation right there. That is an excellent point. Um, masking is supposed to be done when physical distancing is not possible, but, but masking certainly doesn't give you the right to go up close to a person and talk to a person in a way that you would if we were not in the middle of a pandemic. I think it's one of those common sense things. Keep the mask on. You have to do it anyway. And keep your two meters. And if by chance you're a meter within a person by mistake, well, that happens. But to go up and act normally, I I certainly don't think that's what the public health experts had in mind when they brought in mandatory masking. Thank you, Bill Van Gorder. I appreciate you being here for our Zoomer squad this week. And uh, Libby will be with you again next Monday. Thank you, Jane. Uh, Appreciate being with you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.